Welcome to Transformation Church RVA. This sermon is a part of our series called Acts to the Ends of the Earth. Over the course of 10 weeks, we'll see how God worked through the apostles and the early church to spread the good news of Jesus coming to save both Jews and Gentiles. Acts shows us how as Christians, we need to be consumed with the love of Christ and seek to transform our community and the entire world by the gospel. We are for February and March, leading all the way up to Easter Sunday for the next 10 weeks. We're going to be walking through the book of Acts. Yeah, um, we're going to walk all the way through the book. And so uh, this morning, let's see, what time is it? I want to make sure I get you out of here in time to go to small group fair. Okay, here we go. Um, let's read the scripture together that we're going to go over, turning your Bibles to Acts chapter 1, because that's where you start at the beginning. Um, and then I'll kind of give you some facts about Acts, um, and that rhymed, and, um, and then we're going to really kind of just look at one verse today, one verse, Acts chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 1, Acts chapter 1. If you do not have a Bible with you, there's a Bible in the pew in front of you. Uh, it's burgundy colored. If you don't have a Bible at home, please take that with you. All right. Acts chapter 1, verse 1. We're going to read 11 verses. In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after his crucifixion, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Verse 4, once uh, when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised you. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Verse six. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But now this is verse eight. Pause. Verse 8, if you highlight or underline, is the purpose of the book of Acts. It is the theme of the book of Acts. It is the, the, the primary statement of purpose here. And you'll see this over and over and over again throughout the rest of the book. Verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Verse 9, after saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly uh, stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said. Why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but somehow 
or someday, he will return from heaven in the same way you just saw him go. May God bless the reading of his word. Now, I want to just start off with the end. Jesus ascended into heaven, and one of the things the angels promised, and that we really believe, we truly believe, is that he will return again. Since I was a young boy, they've been preaching the imminent return of Christ. In fact, they preach the imminent return of Christ. It is part of what we do. We are constantly eyes to heaven because that's where he went, and that's from whence he will come. And so I am looking forward to that day when he returns. Anybody ready for him to come make it all right and reconcile all things? So let me tell you a little bit about Acts. Acts, for 10 weeks we'll be going through it. The name Acts is actually a shortened version of the more traditional name, which is the Acts of the Apostles. Um, And and probably more accurate would be um, the Acts of Jesus in the Spirit, because what they follow throughout the book of Acts is what God does, what Christ does through his spirit, through his people. So it's actually Christ and the spirit. They are doing the work, but they are doing it through Christians, through his people. He still does that today. He still works through you and I. Um, But it's whole name, Acts of the Apostles. Uh, And it kind of serves as a bridge. So right before Acts, you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which are the Gospels. Very good. See? Oh, this is good. Somebody's been going to Mr. Bill's class. So we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then Acts. What it does is it serves as a bridge between, um, and you see it here in verse 1. It says, uh, In my first book, uh, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach. So the Gospels told us about what Jesus did and what he taught. And the book of Acts tells us is a bridge to how he continues to do that through his spirit um, and through his people. So it's, it's kind of a bridge to all the Romans First uh, Corinthians, Second Corinthians, all the letters, the epistles. Um, so Acts is the bridge. It's going to get us from one place to the other. It is a story. How many of you like stories? Yeah? Some of you like stories um, uh, that aren't the Bible. <laughs> I, I didn't know how else to say that. You'll spend hours and hours reading other books and stories, but it seems like, like, uh, grinding teeth to, to read the Bible. Have you ever found that to be true? You'll plug in for hours doing other things, but reading the Bible seems like, man, it's good. You know what that is? It's the enemy. That's it. Hey, I like that we're talking back today. The devil would have nothing better. He, he roams about, right? Like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The best thing he can do is not um, 
necessarily to get you to sin, but to get you distracted, to get you uncommitted to prayer, get you uncommitted to, his, to, to the word of God. So that's why you can watch Netflix for eight hours straight, but reading your Bible for five minutes is a problem. It's because um, this will free you. This will free you. Yeah, okay. Serves as a bridge. Who wrote it? Anybody know who wrote it? Luke. Luke. Did you, you didn't write this. You don't look that old. Luke was an, um, one of the apostles. He, he actually also traveled with Paul extensively, which you'll actually see throughout the book of Acts that Luke goes from talking kind of in third person to actually referencing himself towards the end of the book as I, when he starts talking about him and Paul's journeys. Uh, so Luke wrote it. It's actually his second volume. So there's a book in, at the beginning of the New Testament called what? Luke. The, Luke. the gospel according to Luke. This is the second volume. So if you read straight through the book of Luke, you can actually jump right to Acts and it almost reads seamlessly. Luke, um, this is his second volume. And let me tell you about Luke. Any skeptics in the room? Are you naturally skeptic? I wasn't, now I am. I'm skeptic of everything. Uh, I used to just believe everything. Now I just realize how foolish. I can just be fooled. You can fool me. Um, and so uh, Luke was a, a doctor, okay? We know he was a physician. Um, he, in what we read from different manuscripts and history tells us that when he writes, he goes and he checks all of, he fact checks everything. He goes and checks with the people that these things happened to. He was there for a lot of it as well. He was a man of detail and he was a guy who wanted to know the truth. Um, so if you're a skeptic in the room, if you're one who's like, oh, I don't know about all this, there is a welcome place for you. Christ welcomes you. All right. Um, so where are we in history? This is 2022. Welcome. How was your first month? It's been a tough. Anybody like, all right, time for 2022 to be over. This particular book was written. It's debated. It's, it was written between 60 and 65. So we're at 2022, go back to 6065, and this book covers 30 years. The book of Acts covers about 30 years of history time period. Uh, anybody bored yet? Did you know any of this about the book of Acts? I'm just trying to fill in some blanks for you. And just to give you a little breakdown, the book of Acts can be broken into chapters 1 through 12, which will be Peter uh, going to uh, his ministry in Jerusalem and then into Judea and Samaria. And then the last bigger part of the book, 13 through 28, is Paul's missionary journeys um, to the ends of the earth. So what did he tell them in verse 8? He said, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria. So there's Peter and to the ends of the earth. Why are we walking through the book of Acts? Why should you? Well, if you're a Christian, you should want and desire to, to walk through the book of Acts because it is going to give you a big, beautiful picture of what it is to walk empowered despite persecution. 
And I'm talking like real life-threatening persecution. You know in those first uh, 30 years there, all of the disciples were killed? Except for a couple. They were killed. And in vicious ways, too. So these guys, these people were uh, very attuned to um, persecution. And we as Christians, more than ever now, need to be empowered by the Spirit to be his witnesses. And I'll cover more about that in a second. Let me make sure I'm covering everything. It's a narrative. It's a story. I think I covered that already. There's different genres in the Bible. There's historical stuff. There's poetry. Um, a couple years ago, we went through Revelations, and that's apocalyptic literature. Um, this is a narrative. It is a story. Um, and so let me just give you a couple things before we dive into this one verse. One, um, there is a difference between descriptive reading and prescriptive, okay? So when you read the Bible, sometimes it's just telling you what was going on in the story. For instance, right here in the first chapter, you know how they picked new leaders? They prayed and then cast lots. It's time to pick some new elders, okay? I'm just kidding. It's descriptive. That's not, it, wasn't, it wasn't telling us that we should be casting lots to get new nursery workers. Um, but some of the things we're going to find in Acts are prescriptive. So some people want to say the whole book is descriptive. That's not the case. Then um, the whole book is not prescriptive because we're not going to cast lots today. It's both and, Okay. And, and so some of the things we're going to read are just for detail and, and to give us a history. Uh, some of the things are going to be for you to apply. Like being his witness. Everybody say witness. witness. I also want to kind of preface you a little bit. In the book of Acts, have any of you ever been to a charismatic church? Like a Pentecostal church. Have you been there? I've been to a Pentecostal church. I grew up in one. I think we should all take a field trip. I'm just going to be honest. I think we should all take a field trip because um, it will give you an envisionment of some of the, the more uh, miraculous things that happened in Acts. So there's all kinds of miracles and speaking in tongues and, and, and gifts and miracles all through the book of Acts, and they're not the purpose of the book of Acts. I need you to know that uh, because when I grew up, they, I, we preached Acts 2 like 75 times a year. Acts 2, when the Holy Ghost came down, and that's what we call Holy Ghost. That's, that's how I know who's been in a charismatic church and who hasn't. It's Holy Spirit everywhere else. The book is about being his witnesses. And I think um, we're, gonna have, we're gonna talk spiritual gifts later this year in August. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. We're not going to have speech. Don't worry. Some of you are already nervous. Just me talking about the Holy Spirit. You think he's like the wild redheaded cousin that comes to church sometimes? Um, it's not that way. He is active and effective and working in our hearts. He's in every believer. Did you know that? Uh, we're going to cover spiritual gifts later this year, but they're not the point of this book. Um, and then, how many of you got a bulletin? Flip it over, look at the back. Uh-huh, okay. 
Some of you had to pull it out of your purse, back pocket. Some of you have to pull it out of your floorboard later. There's a reading list on the back, okay? There's a reading list. Because this is a narrative, okay? We cannot go verse by verse. We'll be here for, well, probably till I retire. Um, there's a lot to cover. So I will be covering each Sunday anywhere from 12 to 15 verses. And it is your job. You ready? You've got homework. It's your job to go home and read the reading list for each Sunday so that you can fill in some of the blanks, okay? So we're gonna, I'm gonna cover in short detail everything, but uh, most everything, but um, you need to come, come into the service kind of with an understanding of what's going on. How many of you would commit today to doing that? Would you do that? Okay, good, good. All right, let's look at a brief overview of this first chapter, and then what I want to talk to you about is being empowered witnesses. Everybody say empowered. Empowered. All right, verses one through five is something I find a lot of Christians didn't know. To give you timeline of the Bible here, so Jesus was born. Um, The reason he came to earth was because we are sinners, And he came to reconcile us back to himself. So uh, he didn't come and then decide to get crucified. It was the plan. He came to die for you. So he was born. Uh, He grew up uh, in a a pretty standard Jewish setting, Jewish family. And um, then he entered his ministry life. He ministered across, did miracles, loved on the poor, you, you've heard a lot of those stories. He was then crucified by the very people he came to save. And by crucified, I mean they killed him on a cross. Everybody sees the little cross symbols. Some people wear them around their neck. Most don't even know what it means. It is a symbol. It was a tool for killing. And they killed Jesus on the cross as propitiation. That's a big word. You, know, you want to know what that is? It means he took the very wrath that was due you on himself and satisfied the wrath of God that you had coming for you. That, okay, that's good enough news for today. We could go home. Some of you have forgotten today that you deserve death. And Christ made a way. Oh, he made a way. He died on the cross. He rose on the third day. You've heard this story, right? There were 40 to 60 days before he ascended. There was about 40 days uh, is what we see here in this first text. He rose from the grave. He appeared. And then there were 40 days where he was appearing across town. It's really sci-fi-ish. Okay? Here's a for instance. You read this um, in the book of Luke where these guys are walking down the road. It's called the road to Emmaus. Have you heard this? There's this road. These two guys are walking around, walking down the road, and this guy just appears and starts walking with them. I thought this was abnormal, but these guys didn't find it abnormal. If you're driving home today and somebody appears in your passenger seat while you're going 65 down Route 10, and some of you go 65 down Route 10, 
I'm not going to make eye contact. <coughs> Call me if you don't freak out. If you just say, hey, this guy just showed up in my back seat. Um, he appeared, talked to them about the kingdom of God. Okay, so he, this, these are the appearances he's making. I don't have time to go into a lot of that. I've got to finish here in the next 10 to 15 minutes. So he appears, um, this is verses one through five, he appears and then he tells them, hey, listen, I need you to wait. I need you to go somewhere and wait. And uh, in verse four, we see this, do not leave Jerusalem until the father sends the gift he promised. He promised this um, just a couple chapters earlier in the book of Luke. Uh, As I told you before, John baptized with water in just a few days, you're gonna be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Verses 6 through 11, we see the disciples are still confused. They ask, uh, have you, do you know someone who's perpetually confused? They just, they never, things aren't clicking all the time. Just me. The disciples ask him in verse 6, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore your kingdom, restore our kingdom? They still, they still don't get what this is about yet. They're still confused. So if you go to church, they had now served with Jesus. How long? And they still don't get it. If you've come to church for a while and you're, you're having a hard time or even sitting here today, you're like, Carl, I have no idea what you're talking about. It's okay. The disciples hung around with Jesus for years and they still didn't get it. And he replied, hey, that's none of your business. And then he said, but you'll receive power, which they were going to need. And then 12 through 26 is where they cast lots and replace Judas. Do you remember Judas? Judas Judas had a graphic going out. I'm not going to go over it today. There's little ears in the room. But I'm telling you, if you want to read that story, it's right here in chapter 1. If you don't think the Bible's interesting, something's wrong. Judas, who betrayed Jesus for money... Killed himself. He committed suicide. Uh, in, some, in the field he bought with the money that he sold Jesus out for. Um, and so they had to replace him as an apostle. And this is where they, they didn't really roll dice. Okay, it was a little different than that. But, um, but today I want to look at verse 8. Because we have a world that is lost and needing hope. And he has called us to be his empowered witnesses to the nations. And I think it's so um, the spirit of God at work that we just had our missionary come in a couple weeks ago. My brother David came in last week. All of them talking about the mission field ahead. And what the church should look like. And so we're really going to tease into that um, And peel the layers of the onion. Verse 8, I've told you, is the kind of theme of the whole thing. And I want to very first talk about that first part. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Um, A lot of people, if if it's, it's just second language for me because I grew up in a charismatic environment to talk about the empowerment of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit coming upon you or being baptized in the Holy Spirit. It was regular language. It's not, I found that it's not regular language outside of the churches I grew up in. 
Um, but it's not something to be afraid of. It's not something to freak out over. Um, we all have the Spirit in us. It's the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, is not a boogeyman or some Casper the Ghost. Thanks, Michael. <laughs> if we go to, for instance, to be saved requires the Spirit of God. So the disciples had the spirit of God. Uh, if you go to uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, it says this. Some of us are Jews. Some of us are Gentiles. Some are slaves. Some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. If we go over to Ephesians 1, 13, it's going to tell us more about that. It's going to say, and now you Gentiles have heard the truth. The good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit. Whom he promised long ago. So this, empowered by the Spirit, this thing has been a long time coming. You can read about it. I don't have time to go there. But Isaiah 32, Ezekiel 36, Joel chapter 2. These are all prophetic books where hundreds of years before Jesus ever got here, hundreds of years before he ever ascended, hundreds of years before he ever said, hey, you're going to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to be my witnesses, they prophesied that the Spirit of God would go from the temple to this being the temple. You've heard verses in the New Testament where it talks about us being the temple that's what it's talking about. Even Romans, uh, let me go to Romans. Romans 8 verse 9 says, But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit. If you have the Spirit of God living in you, the Spirit already lives in the life of the Christian. Um, for those who knew me before Jesus was the Lord of my life, and they look at me now, they would say to you that I am a different person. He makes different decisions. He walks differently. Why? And it's been progressive, okay? It didn't happen in an instant. The Spirit has continually transformed me more and more in each day and continuing to until the Lord returns into his image. Um, it is by the Spirit that those, those things happen. And it was fulfilled. What we're talking about here, though, is a little it's different. It's different than these texts are talking about. This particular filling, baptizing, these, this language has not been used before. And so I've always thought about it in the sense of a radio dial. And we'll talk about this radio dial more. Um, before all of these fancy cars, and I don't know if you drive a fancy car or not. Um, we didn't until the last couple years or, well, last few months when we decided to have this little bundle of joy that's sleeping over here. We had to get a third row. Um, so in newer cars, the radio automatically comes in at a lower level. Does your car do that? Okay, so some of you are driving older cars because this is the prank. This would be the prank. I would get in my friend's 1990s whatever car I would turn the car on while they, they didn't know I was there, and I would turn the volume all the way up, like max level, and then turn the car off. 
And then when, the, and of course I would turn it to like a bluegrass station because it seemed like I'm the only bluegrass fan in my friend group. So none of the rest of them liked it, even in my family. I don't know. I've got some folks watching online, some family that would probably say I'm a bluegrass fan. They would get in their car and they would turn the ignition on and, and what would happen? Boom! Right? If you were just napping during my sermon, you're not anymore. This is kind of what I attribute to some of the being filled, this baptism. It's when the tuning dial gets turned up. It's always there. The Spirit of God is always working and always drawing and always pushing us towards Christ. But there are moments in our lives where when we pray and when we ask, the dial gets turned up. That's why sometimes even in our worship service, the worship we experienced this morning, I don't know if you felt it, but the dial was turned up, his presence. So when we seek him, and and it uses this filling language, which means you have to empty yourself in order to be filled more with the spirit, okay? Um, Don't be afraid, and it should be something that you pray for, to be filled with the spirit, Number two, okay, so empowered by the Spirit, witnesses everywhere about who? Jesus. This can get confused. I'm going to ask you a simple question, then I'm going to roll on because I'm running short on time. The band can go ahead and come back because we're going to take communion together. If I ask you this question, I don't want you to answer it out loud because I don't know that you want everybody in the house and online knowing what your answer is. If I were to look at a playback reel of your last week, or let's just say uh, the last seven days of your life, if I were to play back a reel, what would your life be a witness of? What would your life be a witness of? For the Christian, it should be a witness of Jesus. Look, I love Transformation Church. And I want you to invite people here, but you don't need to be a witness of Transformation Church. You need to be a witness of Jesus. Transformation uh, Transformation Church is filled with witnesses of Jesus. But notice, this is not a command. It's not. Look how it reads. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power in the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. This isn't in the imperative. It's in the indicative. This is saying that when you are filled with the Spirit, you will be his witnesses. It is a result of being filled with the Spirit. If your life is not a witness of Jesus Christ, it is because you are not filled with his spirit. Uh Uh-oh. I need to move on. I need to move on. Don't have time to dabble. If we want to be witnesses, we must be filled. If you want to be a witness of Jesus Christ, you must be filled with his spirit. Be full up on Jesus. 
You have to be full of his spirit. Because Jesus knew this. He knew that they would need to be empowered to be his witnesses. In the face of opposition. And then he told them where to go. And then we're going to continue this next week into chapter 2. He said, I want you to be my witnesses of me, not of your church or your political agenda. I want you to be witnesses of me. And I want you to do it in Jerusalem first, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Here are some of the hurdles. When they heard Jerusalem, you know what they heard? Hey, I want you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Oh, you mean the town where an angry mob just murdered you? You want me to be a witness there? Or what about Judea, the place where his ministry was completely rejected? What about Samaria, where it was considered, it was regarded as a wasteland of half-breeds? It was considered a rejected culture. He didn't just want them to go somewhere geographically. He wanted them to go reach people ethnically and in a different culture. It starts right here. So so Bill and our, 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 we have folks that go out on Thursdays to the hotels. One of the things we decided right up front at Transformation Church is we want to be good. We want to be present locally. First, we want our neighbors to know first. What good is it to be, uh, and and I'm not knocking supporting missionaries overseas, but what does it mean if I throw money overseas, but nobody knows next door? Starting in Jerusalem, into Judea, that would be the state, Samaria, the places we're uncomfortable with, and to the ends of the earth. Every uncertain place, every dark corner of this globe needs to hear and that the good news of Jesus Christ and that we are witnesses of that. And two, the group that we learn um, uh, in verse 14, they all met together and were constantly united in prayer. There were about 120 of them at the time and 120 Jews When he said to the ends of the earth, this was, I thought there were people that, this, you mean this is going outside the family? This is going outside my race? This is going outside my uh, nationality? Yes, it is. We're going to go reach the Gentiles, which they considered less than firewood. So Jesus ascends. And what did they do? They did exactly what he asked. They united in prayer in that upper room. And then next week, we're going to see where the very power of God came down. The spirit came down and they boldly proclaimed for the first time, the first Christian sermon. Today, we just... So last month, we just finished, um, and I'm going to have my deacons come up. We just finished 21 days of prayer and fasting, those who are helping me with communion anyway, if you're helping with communion. Um, 
There is power in uniting in prayer. And what my prayer has been is that by the end of this series, that you are filled with his spirit and ready to charge the gates of hell in our community with us. Hey, we want to go after the lost, the least of these. And, we, and it's not just our job, it's your job. This command, this, this being filled with the Spirit and being His witnesses belongs to every Christian. Not the church staff or the church leadership teams, but you today wear that weight of being filled. Thanks for streaming this audio from Transformation Church RVA located in Richmond, Virginia. For more information, check out our website at www.transformationrva.com.